Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I've learned that God does the miraculous. You have to watch for it, though. You can't just be blind. You you can't be like just floating through and not seeking him or or reading his word. I've learned that he fills me up. I, I constantly listen to Christian messages or sermons. I think these have been times of renewal for me and uh, basics, going back to who I am. This series, we're looking at 2 Timothy. It's Paul's last letter to Timothy, and there are only four chapters, but they pack a punch. I am so glad you've joined us. Today we're talking about 2 Timothy 1, 12 through 18, and I'm really excited. You know, Paul is talking about his suffering. He's talking about those who have come alongside of him and those who haven't. As I was thinking about who I wanted to talk to this day, if you are a listener of KTIS out of Minneapolis and listen to the morning show, then you know that Keith Stevens, who hosts mornings at KTIS, has had a big loss um, just over a year ago. And so I asked him if he would come on and uh, share a little more about his story as we talk through this. And I'm so grateful that he said yes. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Angie. I'm so excited to be here, be part of your show. Thanks for inviting me today. Yeah, this is so good. So I've been having all my guests start out by reading the passage, and then we'll start talking about it and get into your story. So would you, and I apologize, there are names here. Bible names are always so hard. (laughs) We'll we'll do our best. But this is great. This is 2 Timothy 1, 12 through 18, where Paul says, that is why I'm why I am suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. That's so great. Wow. I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Homogenes. Uh, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, he was in Rome. He searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. So good. And throughout this whole letter, he's you're reminding, you know, it's his last letter to Timothy. And yeah. I, I always feel like people's last words are the words that you really want to pay attention yes, to. Yes, absolutely. And in his his constant, you know, keep the faith, keep mm-hmm. going, keep, you know, keep moving forward. Right. I love that he says, guard the trust. He says several things in here. He says, uh, number one, I know whom I've believed. Mm-hmm. I know it's Jesus who I've believed in. And that is really the final word. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing he says is, you know, follow my pattern, follow my example. And it's okay to say that. I think sometimes we think, well, we're humble and we're not trying to lift ourselves up and say, well, follow me. I'm the, the best. Well, we know that's not what we're saying. Yet, on the other hand, I think God really wants us to have a life where we're following the word of God, where we're standing true and strong, where you can boldly say, Follow what I've done. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We, we're not saying that we don't have flaws and, and we don't fall short. Of course we do. But I think if Paul's able to say that and he modeled his life in such a way, then it kind of spurs us on, I think, to do that as well. There's so much meat in these short passages. Yeah. You know, that's and, one of them. And we, I mean, we're all following, we're, we're follow, those of us who are following Jesus are following Jesus. Right. That is a 
unattainable (laughs) to be exactly like Jesus. And so I think it's so helpful to watch those that have followed Jesus and to be able to follow their example. I mean, I think we do that all the time with the people that we read and, you know, hear their stories of how they walked through different things in their lives. I've been reading a lot lately, too, in the Bible about guarding your heart Mm -hmm. and guard your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in Romans, um, guard your mind. The, 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 when you want to know God's will, it says renew your mind. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be, right, yep. you'll be able to test and approve uh, what God's perfect will is for your life. I think here he's saying guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Like guard the faith. Mm-hmm. Guard what God has given you because the enemy does come to steal, rob, and destroy that. And you've got to protect it. It's probably the most important gift we have in our life. Yep. And Jesus comes that we can have life and have it to the full. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Amen. So I know I took you off track by talking about Romans. We're not in Romans. Yeah, no, 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 no. no that's, that's good, okay. though. Yeah. I mean, the Bible is a whole canon yes. and a whole word from the Lord. So will you talk a little, will you tell it for those who haven't heard, will you talk a little bit about Sue and that story and what happened with Sue? Sure. My lovely wife, Sue, I met her when I was um, 13 on the ski hills at a Christian retreat. She was uh, ninth grade. I was eighth grade. And we had the best time. It's just friends. We ended up uh, dating later on and marrying. And um, so I really knew her 42 years. Wow. And in fact, I uh, she did pass away from cancer uh, last year. So it was like life was going along. And we were riding along and, and all of a sudden, you know, it said road closed and we had to go off onto a detour and life took a totally different turn for me. So in a summary statement, this was my best friend and my wife, Mm -hmm. and we were married for 30 years together. So I can talk about it now. It's been a little over a year, but it's been very hard, but yes, I lost her, but she went home to heaven and she said to me, if God heals me here, great. If God heals me in heaven, great. She said, either way I win. If I get healed, I stay here with you, she said to me. And um, she says, but if I don't, then I go to heaven. And so that those were some of her last words I remember. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think grief too is, I mean, for the person that knows Jesus, that is like she is in a yes. better place. That yes. is better for her. But grief is what we've lost. Yes. And oh, totally. and what we're missing. Totally. So we talk a little bit about, you know, because Paul is talking about how he suffered and people came alongside him in the midst of his suffering. Jesus. And I know that for loss, I think, for some people, to come alongside people who have lost someone, who have lost someone like a spouse, can be difficult. I mean, people are afraid to say the wrong thing. They're, you know, they're uncomfortable they with it with grief. They are. Talk about, a little bit about your experience with those who came alongside you and maybe those who surprised you by not coming alongside you and what that was like. Yeah, I've had experiences with both. Mm-hmm. And for me, there was nothing more difficult and harder than to stand in front of the church on the day of her uh, funeral and to know it wasn't somebody else this time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I was attending somebody else's celebration of life or, you know, we really celebrated her life. But this was this I was the one standing as the survivor. And everybody was there, though, to, to honor the Lord, to thank God for Sue's life and to support me. Mm-hmm. But this time it was me. Whoa. And I, I feel like this happens to people older in life. I'm kind of middle-aged, still in the middle years, and to have a loss like this at this time. Do you feel too young to be a widower? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
way too young, way too young. And so I'm, so I've got our four sons and although they're adult children now, they're still in their early twenties and, uh, you know, they were late teens. And so now I'm still being the dad and Sue would say, you're the mom and the dad. Mm. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess <laughs> I am. She had a lot of humor and a lot of laughter and that's what I miss terribly. I, I miss it terribly. There's a void there. She and I would laugh for hours about stuff. We were just best friends and we would laugh. We could go back to 13 and 14 mm-hmm, and right. tell stories. <laughs> we'd talk about the ski resort where we didn't know how to use a tow rope mm-hmm. and we'd sit on the tow rope and it brought down the, the rope, the whole thing, because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to sit on it. You're supposed <laughs> to let it kind of pull you up. But we didn't know it. It kept falling and the operator kept saying, no, don't sit on it. And then I'd get on it and I'd sit on it because I didn't know what to do. And she and I would just laugh and laugh at each other. And then we were late for the bus to get back on with the high school kids to go back, you know, it was church youth group mm-hmm. retreat. And we just remember those things. And to answer your question, yes, people have come alongside of me in the grieving time. That has been most important to have that love and support, mainly my listeners. Mm. I had an outpouring of love. I Angie, mean, the mailroom was constant, constant flow of cards of people sending. Yes. And my love and care for the listeners, each audience member, is sincere, genuine, and huge. The time they took to write a letter, send a card, make a phone call, and there were hundreds and hundreds of them, maybe a thousand. And I've saved them all, and I've read them all, and I had each family member read them because it was that important to me. And I will forever be indebted to them. The second thing is close friends and family— And people who you've known for a long time come out of the woodwork to be there for you. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Lord, for Facebook, uh, because that's how you connect with people from high school and from college days. And people have known you for many decades. Yeah, well, and known you two together. Yes. And yes, together. So that was very, very special. The sudden loss of her, though, it was quite, it did decline quickly. And and she did not get, and her friends, personal friends, did uh, most of them did not get a chance to say their goodbyes to her. And that was hard. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been the bridge for that. And still on the bridge for that. And her office place did something very special last year on her birthday. They called me up and they said, we're going to have Sue Day. And they in her office, like 10 people who she worked with, took me out to celebrate Sue's birthday uh, last September when she had already passed away. And they said, we're going to remember. And they told stories about how much they just loved her humor. I mean, she lit up the room and told stories and had jokes. And she was always, I'm really boring compared to her. She's quite the personality, (laughs) not me. Gosh, they all just feel this tremendous loss. So I felt their support during the grief. Mm -hmm. So all those different pockets of life and areas, and it's meant the world to me. But it wasn't easy, Angie, and I could never talk this effervescently or or whatever about it, uh, you know, a year ago or or even six months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm slowly getting my footing. And the the people who came around me, like Paul says in the Bible, he's so grateful. And then you asked if people, if if some didn't, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were some where I was... I was a little surprised. Yeah. The reason I ask is, well, because of Paul mentioning it, but then when my mom passed away, there were people that that I really thought would be there. And then in hindsight, I can see that they didn't know what to do and they were uncomfortable in it, that it hurt at the time. I can understand it now. It's tough. Yeah. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's really brutal. And I've had people, look, 
the way we grow is through the fiery furnace. Mm -hmm. It's through the trials of life. It's like the dross burning off. And those happen in our lives oftentimes through betrayal, through unexpected uh, hardships, Mm -hmm. through loss. And I've experienced all those things. And at the end of the day, it's you and God. It's you and Jesus. That's it. I remember laying in bed one night and... um, Because we didn't mention, because your mom passed away. Yeah, she passed away 40 days earlier than my wife. So you had two major, major losses. Major. Yeah. The two major women in my life. Right. So I'm sorry, you were laying in bed one night. I was laying in bed one night. I remember... When Sue was going through, it was inflammatory cancer, inflammatory breast cancer, which is not the normal breast cancer. It's rare, unusual, and it doesn't show up on the scan. Mm. So this is not the lump deal where they can spot it and then do things. This was inflammatory, which was more in the um, lymph nodes kind of thing. And um, so it causes the body not to lose the fluid. And so it was really, really difficult. Anyway, I remember one night laying in bed, uh, next to her, and I thought, oh, good, she's, she's doing okay. I hear her breath, you know, breathing. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, thank you, Lord, you know. My job is to care for my wife, right? So even in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, I'm caring for her mm-hmm. to the end. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. Then I remember after she passed away, it was months later, and I was sitting there laying in bed, and I heard my own breath. Mm. I heard my lungs breathing. I could just... You know, you ever get in tune with yourself and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, there's my breathing. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm alone in this room and I just hear the breath. And because you live inside of me, it's the breath of God. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've got. I've got nothing else. At the end of the day, that's all I have. It's me and God. And I'd say as you listen to this, it's you and God. Listen to the voice of God inside of your heart. Listen to him in your head. Feel the breath of God inside of you because at the end of the day, we're not taking anything with us. We're on this earth for a, for a season of time to complete what he has you know, entrusted to us to do. That's why Paul says in the scripture, guard the trust. It's so important. What he's given for you is for you. And then take that and, and guard it and stand on it and live it out because we don't know the number of days we have. But you do know that God has put breath in your lungs. He's given you life. If you're born again, he's made you a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything's become new. Now, what are you going to do with that? And are you going to fulfill the destiny he has for you? Before Sue passed, I said, I will preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. I said, I will fulfill what I'm called to do. And she says, I know you will, honey. And I said, yeah, I will. But that's why I can relate to what Paul is saying here. Because he knows what it's like to be in plenty and in want. He knows what it's like to be shipwrecked or to be um, imprisoned imprisoned Mm -hmm. and and to have fellowship and then to have those who abandoned him. I don't think anybody abandoned me. I don't feel that. I did feel the uncomfortable feeling of standing there in the service and seeing the casket and knowing this time it's me. And I never expected this this Mm -hmm. early in life and at this time. But you know what? I knew it was one of the hardest days, but... The scripture that came to my life and into my mind was, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Mm. So stand. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I could stand, is that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And from Isaiah 62. So I just thought, I'm going through the waters, Father God, but you're with me. And he was with me with the people. He was with me with Pastor Mike Graham. Mm -hmm. 
just totally. And his message that day and his salutation that day and his prayers that day, that's what got me through. You've talked a little bit about that you've learned that God is with you. What else have you learned about God through this process? Because it is such a refining process. And it's times like this in our life when the rubber meets the road. We can say a lot of things about what we believe. But when suffering comes, that's when, when testing, when testing comes, that's when you find out what the stuff of your faith is made of. There was a um, youth group advisor of ours. And in the summer of 1981, he took a first trip with the kids to a young life camp. And I went and Sue went and we had the best time. 10 years later, that man, Roger Wilkin, performed our wedding. Our ceremony, there's something special about it, right? When you Mm -hmm. have roots, when you have depth, when it's some, you know, uh, people who know you Mm -hmm. and know your family Mm -hmm. and you grew up together maybe in the church or maybe from high school or whatever. So that was, you know, 1991, we got married on June 1st uh, with Roger Wilkin. And what I've learned is God's amazing, uncanny way of putting his arms around me mm-hmm. at times when I need it and didn't expect it. And so I fast forward to just this past June and it's coming up to our anniversary. And it's really, it's a very special day to me. How am I going to get through it? Imagine if you're listening and you lost somebody, you know, the dates really stop time for you. They mm-hmm. stop life. You're like, I'm not going to work on that day, which was my spouse's birthday and they're not here anymore. I need to honor them or I want my anniversary. How can I just make it another day? And you wouldn't believe it. But after 30 years, I had not been in touch with Roger at all. And he sends me a Facebook message. Keith, I had no idea. I've heard about Sue passing. We happen to be in Rochester, Minnesota at the end of May. I would love to visit you. And as it would have worked out, he was here on May 31st and all of June 1st with me and Thomas, my son, and our other sons, and was here for the entire day of our anniversary. And I said, Roger, do you realize that it was 31 years ago today, today, or 32 years ago, that you performed our wedding? And we got out the pictures and the video. And this man ministered to my son, who ministered to me, who ministered to Sue, is now ministering to my family. Mm -hmm. That's God's way of saying, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. I'm sending the pastor and your young life leader who married you 30 years ago to your home on this day in Minnesota, and it was all God. It was all meant to be. It was not planned. He had an appointment somewhere else and happened to be flying through. I said, we got to get together, he and his wife. So I've learned that God does the miraculous you have to watch for it, though. Right. You can't just be blind. You, you can't be like just floating through and not seeking him or, or reading his word. I've learned that he fills me up. I I constantly listen to Christian messages or sermons. I think these have been times of renewal for me and uh, basics, going back to who I am. Mm-hmm. It's like the storm has passed. When you lose, uh, you know, your mom, I lost my mom, and then I, and I, that was just really horrific. And I said, Father God, I can't go through this again. I remember when she was passing away, I said, I can't, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. And God took Sue peacefully in her sleep. It was like totally miraculous, that whole thing. And I said, it is well with my soul. But I do remember saying to the Lord, it's just you and me. I need to trust you with all my heart. And that's, that's where I'm at. Because at the end of the day, when you face death, when you've experienced death, you say, or somebody close to you does, you say, it, it really um, brings you back to what it's all about in life. 
And so it is as if when you've gone through a difficult loss, somebody listening, you've gone through real tragedy. I liken it to this. It's like I went through an 8.5 earthquake somewhere or 9.0 earthquake and there were buildings down and there was rubble and everything all around you and you were maybe uh, underneath some of the rubble. But you don't have a scratch on you and you're okay. That's how I feel. My wife went through this very difficult illness, so much difficulty. We had other challenges and problems, other things going on. And, and we're like, okay, I survived. I came out of this. Now what? The skies are blue. There's wreckage all around me, but I don't have a scratch on me. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What, what are you calling me to do? Without Christ, um, I, I, I could be really at risk. Like, what do you do with your life now? And, and you, if you've lost somebody and you don't have Jesus, you're in jeopardy. You're in jeopardy of going off the deep end because your life is still in front of you. What do you do now? Honor God. Honor the Lord with what he's given you. Be that tree planted by the streams of living water and bear fruit in your season. And, and I sort of have that promise with Sue. So I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And, and I believe, you know, I believe I had her blessing for that. And so I've experienced God in, in ways I didn't expect after the death. He'll, he'll never let the righteous fall. Yeah. So lean into him. Lean, lean in. in. Mm-hmm. Don't run from him. Run to him. Mm-hmm. And he will show you. And, and I couldn't be more grateful. You know, I can say this now without tearing up, but, but to have had Sue, to have known Sue, and to have experienced our life together I, I think I'm healing up, but I don't know. I don't know, Angie. It's it's kind of a one, it's just, one day at a time. It's one day at a time. One step it, at a time. Yes, and it mm-hmm. used to be, and what I said to people on the radio last year at this time, it's a half day at a time. Mm. I'm doing a half day at a time. That's all I got, yeah. and that's all I can do. And people understand that. Yeah. The foolishness of God is wiser than man's strength, mm-hmm. and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. So God's ways, it's okay to say, I'm mourning I'm crying, I'm broken, I'm hurt. And I don't think men say that very much either, but I get on the air and I just say it. I say, I'm crying. I, I'm just broken. Mm-hmm. I don't care what, you know, what people think. But I just say, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. That, that's what I have. And I think he wants me to go through that process in order to bring me out stronger. Yeah, I agree. Grief becomes a, a strange companion after you've walked through it. It's not something that it's done. It's something that's always with you. Not always with you in the same way. But always there. Grief is something that I found you absorb. You absorb the hit. Um, maybe like being tackled on the football field. You absorb a strong hit. And that's what I've had to do. And then you, you're just, it takes the wind out of your sails. You know, Sue says, I don't blame God. Mm-hmm. And she told the boys, don't you blame God either. Mm-hmm. She said, if this is how he's using my life and I will be whole in heaven, then so be it. I love her very much. I, I miss her dearly. I really do. And it's been a privilege to be able to share a little bit of my journey with you, Angie. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to share. I'm still kind of wandering through the wilderness a mm-hmm. little bit, mm-hmm. but there is some strength in the wilderness and there is, it's a new life. But I do take comfort in Paul's words and I do guard the trust. And for me, the way to, to go forward is to now really complete what God has called me to do. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank you for sharing so much of your story, and thank you for sharing Sue with us and a little bit of your journey. It meant so much. Thank you for inviting me and opening up and letting me have this time, and, um, and I appreciate you very much. Thanks. 
Thank you for joining us for this conversation about 2 Timothy 1, 12 through 18. If you'd like to find out more about Keith Stevens, you can check out the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.